welcome to the Blogger Bites podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Urban. This is a podcast for bloggers, influencers, and content creators. Here, I'll share transparent advice plus emerging tools and platforms to empower you to establish your brand, serve your audience, and monetize your influence. I'm so happy you're here. In today's episode, we're chatting all things Google Web Stories. I'm answering questions such as, what are Google Web Stories? And where do you find them? What are the benefits of Web Stories for bloggers? How do you create Web Stories quickly and easily? Plus, best practices I've learned along the way that ultimately resulted in boosting my blog's monthly sessions over 50,000 so I was able to apply and join the ad network Mediavine. Now, I want to break down my strategy to hopefully encourage you to give Web Stories a shot. As a reminder, if you've been enjoying these episodes, I'd love to ask you to please leave a review. It takes just a couple of seconds, but makes a huge difference and means a ton to me personally. Thank you so much in advance. Also, I just have to say I've been loving having conversations about the episodes with y'all in my Instagram DMs. So don't hesitate to reach out and say hi, or let me know if you have a question or if you have a topic you'd like for me to cover. All right, friends, Google web stories. You either love them, you hate them, or you've never heard of them. There's no in-between, there's no middle ground. Personally, I love web stories. No surprise there, but I can understand why some bloggers may not enjoy them or if you just haven't decided to look into them quite yet. Let's first answer What are Google Web Stories and where the heck do you find them? So Google actually launched Web Stories back in 2018, but back then they were known as AMP Stories. So fast forward to September 2020, got a little rebrand and the Web Stories for WordPress plugin was released. And that's when I really became aware of them and that's when they first started gaining attention to some creators. And if you know me, then you'll already know that it really was around this time when I just dove in head first, as I do with new and emerging tools. Um, But there wasn't an abundance of information about them out there. So, you know, I really just kind of had to fiddle with it and just kind of see what worked. Um, But I will say the Google for Creators team provided videos on YouTube as well as supplemental articles, and those are still available today. So those are great resources. Highly recommend checking those out after this episode. Let's back up. What are Google Web Stories? So I like, if you're trying to envision what they are, you've never seen one before, think an Instagram story or a Pinterest idea pin, kind of that same format with slides. However, web stories are evergreen and so they live forever and they can also get picked up multiple times. And so that's really the biggest value in them is that they just continue to live on forever. And so speaking of, okay, you're like, great, but where do they live? (laughs) So I would say there's three main areas. So when you install and activate the web stories by Google WordPress plugin, a landing page will be created for you automatically. And so they technically live there. But the more valuable places where web stories can show up are either on Google Discover, currently right now it's in a carousel format, or in Google search results. Ah, 
<laughs> That's like incredible. And currently right now, if you go on mobile and you search, I don't know, let's just say eggnog recipe, cause that's on my mind or margarita recipe, um, enchilada recipe, you know, something like that. Search that you may need to do a few thumb scrolls, maybe two or three, and you'll see something called visual stories. Currently there's four of them stacked two and two. And those are web stories right there. And so how incredible and how powerful can that be? So those are the three places where you will find Google web stories. Before diving in how to create these immersive bite-sized stories, I'd love to hit on the top three benefits for you to keep in mind about why you're making these in the first place. The first benefit of Google web stories is the ability to reach a new large audience. Like I mentioned, web stories can be shown on Google Discover and in Google search results. From there, a user can tap on your web story, then click through to your actual blog post. That takes me right into the second benefit. Web stories can drive some serious traffic to your blog. You can and should include links throughout your stories with compelling call to actions to make the user actually tap that button and click through. It's important to remember that Google web stories are standalone pieces of content that tell a full story. So they shouldn't be teasers. That's like the biggest thing that the store at the Google web creators team has shared, they should not be teasers. The third and final benefit is that you can actually monetize them. Yeah, you can make money from web stories. You can do this by linking affiliate links. You can partner with a brand to create a sponsored story. You can also enable ads through AdSense, Mediavine, or AdThrive. Are you interested in working with brands on sponsored content? There's money to be made regardless of your niche or follower size. If you're unsure where to start or need a new strategy, I'd love to introduce you to the ultimate guide to pitching brands. I've broken down each step of my pitching strategy so you feel confident when reaching out to brands. The guide includes where to find correct contact information, what to include in your media kit, how to set yourself apart from other creators, how to calculate competitive rates, influencer marketing terms defined, and tips to keep in mind before, during, and after a campaign. If you're interested in learning more, tap the link in the show notes and don't hesitate to reach out with any questions. All right, friends, ready to create some web stories? There are actually several tools that you can use to make a Google web story, but today let's just focus on the free Web Stories WordPress plugin. I know it's a mouthful, but you know, day to day, you don't say it all that often. So you'll want to go ahead and download the plugin, activate it, then navigate to the dashboard and you'll see it on your WordPress dashboard on the left hand side. Click into that stories plugin and from there, Fill out the basic settings, including your logo and a Google Analytics tracking ID. A quick note on the Google Analytics for web stories, you definitely don't wanna skip this step. It's important to track your web story insights separately from your blog's analytics. So in your main blog's analytics, you will see direct traffic that comes from Google Discover, but having them broken into two separate properties really just keeps everything clean and easy to track. 
To set up a separate property for web stories, head to Google Analytics, pop over to admin, then property. Create a new property. You'll want to click show advanced options, then create a universal analytics property. From there, enter your web stories URL and create your property. Fill out your business info, then grab that UA number and paste it into the web stories settings. If you have any questions about setting that up, there are a handful of articles from Google that go even deeper and provide just a ton, an abundance of insights into that. So once all of that's set up, I encourage you to explore the preloaded templates that the web stories plugin already has available for you to use. You could also just pull up Google Discover yourself on your phone and see what's currently trending and being shown in the carousel. I've got to say, I've used a variety of different templates, so really just choose one and get going. You can always tweak, you can always go back and edit, so the most important thing is really just to get started and get comfortable using the plugin. When you open the Web Stories plugin for the first time and get into the editor, there's a bunch of different options and buttons. Try not to get overwhelmed. I promise you, you'll get a hang of it after a few tries. And to me, it kind of resembles Canva. I've heard other people mention that too. So if you are a Canva user, you know, maybe you won't be as overwhelmed as I was when I first jumped into it. But like I said, once you start messing around in there, it becomes second nature. And what's really great and why it reminds me of Canva is because your media library is actually loaded on one side of your screen and on the other side is what you're actually working on. So you'll want to build your web story right in that plugin as all your media is already uploaded there. If you don't have a specific image or video, you have access to third-party media, which is just incredible. So for example, let's say I'm making banana bread, but I don't have just a picture of bananas just on my counter. I can use a third-party image just of bananas in my web story. Pretty cool, right? If you're just getting started with web stories, I suggest making a list of your top 10 best performing blog posts. So I'm a visual person and I know imagining something this visual can sometimes be hard to do. So I'd like to break down the anatomy of my web stories for my food blog, The Urban Life. So for my food blog, I most often create web stories that are step-by-step recipe, kind of that format. So I'm kind of just going to take you page by page. Page one is my title page with a big eye-catching image along with the title of what the recipe is. Page two is typically an overview of the meal or a short blurb about the recipe. On page three, I like to include reader feedback when possible. On page four, I'll explain why you'll love this recipe in a few short sentences, not even really sentences, just a few short words, really. And then on page five, I will list the ingredients. So with this, sometimes I will list the full measurements and sometimes I won't. And as I go through these and as you create your own, just keep in mind that you can always go back in and edit your stories. So as a quick note too, if you notice your stories aren't getting picked up and discover, try tweaking your template or format around. That's kind of what I meant by sometimes I include measurements, sometimes I don't. 
you just kind of got to experiment and play around and see what users gravitate towards. Page six to nine-ish are generally the recipe instruction steps, step one, two, three, four, blah, blah, blah. And then a final page that includes a call to action to save the recipe for later. Sometimes I'll switch it up with an author bio that encourages users to join my subscriber list for more recipes. But again, I really just... I go between the two. I toggle between the two. So if you're not in the food or recipe niche, I don't want you to get discouraged. I've seen plenty of travel bloggers and beauty bloggers and lifestyle bloggers have success with these two. So don't get discouraged if you're not a food blogger. I know a majority of my audience listening in, we are food bloggers, but there's room here for everyone. Now, as you're creating these web stories, Keep these best practices in mind. Try and keep your web stories to a minimum of eight to 10 slides. Include a link to encourage users to click through to your blog. If you don't have video clips, don't get discouraged. You can use just images and add animation to them, which creates some movement. And those animations can be fun, but too many are distracting. So just be mindful of that. Make sure to use a large and legible font throughout. The plugin actually has a checklist of reminders, including quick tips that will help guide you. So don't be too concerned about that, but there are some parameters there just to keep in mind. Consider creating web stories for trending content you see online or on social media. And lastly, remember that these stories should be a user first style of content. So like I was saying, give the users as much information as possible while keeping text to a minimum and encouraging that click through. One of the most common questions I receive about Google web stories is how many should we be creating? And that's such a hard question to answer because the answer is ultimately up to you based on how much time you want to invest in these stories. So I can tell you that when I was consistently posting web stories, they all seemed to perform better than if I was doing a one-off story every now and then. So to answer that question, you know, it could be once a day, it could be three times a week, but I really do believe that consistency is key. So, you know, try to remember that. In one of the recent plugin updates, you're actually able to schedule out web stories. This is a major win for us because now we can batch create these stories at once and rather than push them all out that same day or that same hour, how depending on how fast you are, we can kind of drip them out once a day or maybe, you know, a couple times a week, whatever frequency you choose, but you can batch create them and schedule them out. And just what a win is that? That's a fairly new feature within the plugin. So be sure to keep your plugin up to date as you know, these things are getting updated somewhat frequently. I'm so enthusiastic about web stories due in large part to the success I had with them. It took several months for me to find a rhythm with them and really create that content consistently. But once I identified my rhythm and I, it was like, I found the missing piece to a puzzle and it just all came together beautifully. I went from posting sporadically with no real strategy to dedicating about 30 minutes every day to identify seasonal or trending content and create a web story that linked back to that corresponding blog post. 
I actually watched my web stories grow from getting around 2,000 views to over 22,000 views in just one month. And really what switched was my strategy and consistency. That's that's all that switched. So going back to how frequently should you create them, I mean, once a day got me to where I wanted to be, but it's not exactly sustainable. But if you can say, okay, I'm going to try to do this once a day, every morning with my morning cup of coffee for a month or for two months or three months or you know whatever you determine, maybe that's a good strategy for you. That is what I did. I decided Q4, I'm posting at least one every single morning and that's what I did. I'm not saying that's what you should do, but I do believe that consistency is key. So just like a reminder, I was saying you can schedule these stories out, maybe dedicate a whole day or an afternoon just to creating web stories and schedule them out once a day. I think that's a more sustainable strategy rather than what I was doing, sitting down every morning and identifying, okay, what seasonal content am I going to post today? Or, ooh, okay, I see this recipe is trending all over TikTok. I'm going to create a web story for it. Rather than doing that, you can really sit down, kind of identify those posts and schedule out. And then of course, if you have extra time, then yeah, do more than one a day. Why not? So going back to that giant increase I saw in my web story views, you know, that's great and all. Um, And even, I mean, the following months, I continued to see great, great percentage increases, but you know, that that's, that's cool. But what's most impactful is that those web story views converted to over 15,000 website sessions. And it really ultimately that along with a couple other strategies I was working on, such as keyword research and Pinterest, it boosted me over that 50,000 monthly sessions, which is what's required to qualify for the ad network Mediavine. And so, yeah, I was able to accomplish that with help from web stories. And so if you are also in that place where you just need a boost, then I highly recommend giving web stories a shot or not even if you want to, you know, get to Mediavine, but maybe you want to get to whatever the next level in your mind is. This is great for boosting those views. I hope hearing my experience with web stories along with their benefits and best practices encourages you to give them a try or not to give up on them if you've been at them for a while. If you found value in this week's episode, I would really appreciate you leaving me some feedback through ratings and reviews. And if you have any topics you'd like for me to cover, again, please send me an email or DM on Instagram. I'd love to connect and chat with you. If you'd like to learn more about Google Web Stories, I'm going to drop some links in the description to my show notes, my written blogger's guide to Google Web Stories blog post, and additional resources I found valuable since I've started creating web stories. Thanks so much for joining me, Jenna Urban, in this episode of Blogger Bites. See you next time.